The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Yes, we are here to bring predators to justice. My name is Opal Singleton. I am the host of your show and I am fired up this week, I'll tell you. Uh, This week we are going to talk about Proposition 57 here in California. Now, this show goes out around the world. And so you say to yourself, why do I care about what's happening on Proposition 57 in California if I don't live there? But I want to share with you some of the challenges that we are facing along with law enforcement in finding justice for victims and literally being able to keep our kids safe and hope and pray this never happens to you. Uh, Let me give you some quick background. By the way, you can call in. I do know that there's quite a few of you that are listening live, but many of our listeners listen through the archives or listen later because this does go out to over 170 countries. And uh, I see who you are. And by the way, this week I've met many new people that listen to this show, and it's just really, really heartening. Uh, When you come up and say, I never miss your show, I I set my time, I play it in the background, and I really appreciate that. But if you want to call in, if you're as fired up as I am about this subject, you can call in at 1-866-472-5788 or send me an email at opal at million kids, O-P-A-L at M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. Again, that number is 866-472-5788. So what am I talking about with Proposition 57, especially for those of you that are out of California? Well, what has happened is is that um, California literally had almost twice as many prisoners uh, as they have facilities for. And so the federal government came to the state of California in early 2016 and said, you either have to build a lot more prisons or you have to let some of those people out or you will get no more federal money. And so that began the idea of Proposition 57. Now, there's a real lesson here for everyone around the world. When you start to get involved with legislation and crime, and especially the crime of human exploitation. This crime, you know, especially here in California, the laws are all being constructed to work against us. And quite frankly, some of the last laws that were implemented were done together with activists who meant well. And also, you know, but but they're using law to try to monitor or regulate or control law enforcement behavior. And it's going just the opposite of everything anybody ever wanted. And I don't believe those people are bad people. I think that they didn't include enough of law enforcement in their 
research of this to actually understand what was happening. Or maybe, maybe it came out exactly like they wanted and they and us have different goals. But before I get to Proposition 57, I want to talk about a law that we have in California that's just killing us as far as letting kids in and and helping kids that are being sex trafficked. That law was SB 1322. And what they did there is that they changed that law so that it said what what was happening is that the law said that we could not arrest anyone under the age of 18 for commercial sex. Now, that's a word for prostitution. And, you know, in California, everybody in our team was perfectly happy with that. Quite frankly, we're not interested in arresting minors for any kind of commercial sex. We see them as victims. We do everything we can to help them get services for victims. The state of California has put out a huge amount of money to provide victim services right here in our county. I counted up over $9 million. And how many victims are there? Maybe 300, 500, something like that. And let alone all the churches that have given money and that many, you know, everybody wants to give money to the victim. It drives me crazy, quite frankly, because here I am beating my brains out trying to keep kids from being victims. You know, there's almost no money going out for prevention and intervention. I personally put out over 5,000 miles a month in prevention and intervention, talking in schools. And I and I think we're misguided in where the money is allocated because, you know, we need to load this up on the front end, not the back end of the pipeline. Very little money is going out for law enforcement to be able to get these crimes and get them prosecuted. Very little money is going out for large amounts of technology improvements so that they can handle a lot of this more efficiently. Very little money is going out for people like myself. And I know that sounds self-serving, but I'm just telling you exactly how it is. You know, uh, I I am myself have been invited to speak at at least 10 different places uh, recently to talk about so we could raise money for safe houses. And I'm like, we need to raise money for prevention and intervention, you know, because if we can keep this crime from happening, we won't need the $9 million for the 500 people that, that are being serviced. We need to stop this from happening, and we also need to support law enforcement financially so they can get the bad guy and also rescue the victim. Otherwise, there aren't going to be victims to be in those safe houses, and it's Everything is upside down. Well, they passed this law that said it was um, uh, that we could not, we originally had the law that said we could not arrest them. They changed that word to we cannot detain them. And that is just an absolute nightmare for law enforcement. If we can't detain a girl, we can't talk to her. Even if the pimp's waiting on the curb, we could have at least talked to her in the past. We can't do that now. If, In fact, that's one of the issues about all these safe houses is that the safe houses for the teenagers are basically, you know, not needed because they changed that law so we can't detain her. If she doesn't raise her hand and say, can I come and stay in a safe house, you know, then it's over. 
You know, uh, there's nothing more that we can do. If we can't detain her, we can't get a search warrant, so we can't check her phone. Do you understand the power of what I've just said there? If we can't check her phone, we can't see who all the other victims were. You see, that's what we used to do before everybody changed these laws. We used to look at their phone, and they travel in groups of 3, 5, 10. One group recently had 28. So in addition to helping that group, Girl, we could find the other victims. We could, you know, we had the evidence, the trail of evidence to make cases to show that they were in fact being abused, that they weren't doing this of their own free will, that they were being threatened. We had all that on a cell phone. We could see where they had been sold so that we could build that case, that chain of evidence, and we could see where they're about to be sold so that we could run a reverse sting. We could see the threats and we could see who the who the pimps were that were controlling her. All of that is gone because of a piece of legislation that changed the word from we can't arrest her to we can't detain her. So what does this have to do with Proposition 57? Well, I want you to see this in the big picture, and that's where I'm going. I want you to understand just how much it takes to get one of these cases and to get justice for these victims. You see, Proposition 57 is, for those of you who are not from California, what has happened is that they put this out for public vote in 2016. And what the idea of Proposition 57 was is that we should provide early release to nonviolent criminals with the idea that most of them were probably there because they were smoking pot. In fact, many ads were bought and kind of suggested that these are just people who smoke pot and went into 7-Eleven and stole bubble gum and now they're now they're straight and they're not smoking pot and we need to let them go. And it, they really played on the heartstrings of the public and the public voted for it. Now, one of the problems with that is Nothing in this dialogue defined what a nonviolent criminal is. They just left it to the public's imagination. And we, as it turns out, imagine quite differently than legislators and the governor and people in, in, uh, in the courts. Because for us, nonviolent would have meant nonviolent, you know. But when you start to see what is being classified as nonviolent, you will understand just how serious this thing is getting. Because what happens when you pass legislation that is undefined, that allows everybody to make their own definition by by court after the fact. Now, our governor and our legislators stood there and told us that it would not include sex offenders. But it turns out that there is a lot of untruth to that statement. We'll be polite and Christian about it. In the next segment, I'm going to actually share with you what it includes. But we are now on the verge of letting out 10,000, maybe up to 20,000, people who are sex offenders that are in prison. And what has happened is last, a week ago Friday, there was a court ruling by a California judge. Uh, His name is Alan Sumner, S-U-M-N-E-R, who's up in Sacramento. There was a group uh, that filed a 
a lawsuit. It's called the Alliance for Constitutional Sex Offense Laws, and they filed a lawsuit on behalf of sex offenders because sex offenders have rights too. They're... uh, what happened in there is that they, the judge ruled on their side. And basically what the judge said, in, uh, said, quote, unquote, if the voters had intended to exclude sex offenders, registered sex offenders, from early parole consideration under Proposition 57, they presumably would have said so. So Judge Sumner is blaming the people of California for falling for promises of our government that it would not include sex offenders. You know, what happens here is we the people are no longer we the people. They they create a a law that is by definition undefined, is absolutely uh, fluid. Then they say, trust me. And then they get this off the wall group here to file a lawsuit and the judge spits in our face by saying, "Well, if the if the public wanted to exclude it, they would have they would have not voted for it until somebody put it in running to exclude it." So one judge has overruled the will of we the people, and this is a real challenge because the reason I point all this out is look what it takes to get one of these decisions, these just judgments here. You know, this is millions of dollars of man hours. These are people who have put their lives on the line and they are spitting on the justice that these victims deserve. So this is a huge, huge issue to me. I made a video and it is on www.millionkids.org. I hope that you will go and look at it. We're up against a break here, folks. So if you will stay with me, we'll be right back. Thanks. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. 
Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about Proposition 57, and I was also talking about Prop- or AB, excuse me, uh, SB 1322 in California. But it's an interesting thing for those of us who fight for justice for victims, for those of us who support law enforcement, and those of us who are just naive enough to believe that we should have due process and go through court and, you know, actually convict these people and give them a sentence and have them serve their sentence. And what's at stake here is everything. And uh, one of the things that you're seeing here is that I'm actually using this and asking people to help me do fundraising. Uh, and I don't normally do that. Those of you who know me, I'm probably the worst fundraiser in the whole world. I hate asking people for money. Quite frankly, for the first two, three years, my husband and I just subsidized this myself. Um, but I lost my husband and I can't continue to do this. But that aside, what is important here is we the people must be heard. And we have to stand up because what is happening here is that these people are convicted criminals. Many of them pled guilty. Our guys, if you think about the process of what happens, you know, going after sex offenders is some of the nastiest business in the whole world. First of all, just the many hours of surveillance and and listening, you know, wiretapping and like that. There are some of these cases that have over 600,000 hours of wiretapping because these are gangs. They're large-scale gangs. I, I did a, a session a while back, a radio show on scale and scope. You know, our last case had 22 pimps. And some of these cases have over 100 victims. Just imagine the amount of evidence processing. More important, putting their lives on the line, going out. These people are nasty critters. I mean, just last week, we had one with a 357 Magnum trying to take control of a 16-year-old girl so that he would own her. You know, this is serious, serious stuff. And then we prepare literally millions of hours of work, you know, if you put all these cases together. And and some of our cases, you know, our guys work day and night and we get a conviction. We actually got a conviction a while back of a guy on sextortion, 122 years. And yet it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get let out on this thing. And so you go through all this so that the victim can have her day in court and get justice. And she deserves that. And many of these people plead out. And so what happens now is that this law is being overturned by one judge. Now, last 
uh, fall, I did a whole program where I ask you all, in fact, I put a couple thousand dollars of my own money into that program to buy ads so that you all would write to the Department of Corrections. And you did. And they listened. And it was an interesting thing because the Department of Corrections sided with you and said, absolutely, we should not be releasing sex offenders. But this judge in this ruling has overturned that. I'm going to just kind of give you a a reading here of a specific article. Uh, His wording said, Proposition 57 did not define what is a nonviolent offense, excuse me, nonviolent felony offense, he said in his ruling. It said, Proposition 57 states that any person convicted of a nonviolent felony offense is eligible for early parole consideration. Now, the Department of Corrections essentially inserts the phrase, except registered sex offenders, into the text of the initiative. That happened because you and I gave a lot of resources, a lot of time, and a lot of you wrote those letters, and the Department of Corrections sided with you. But now this judge is arguing that they have no right to side with us and insert except registered sex offenders. And so what it says in here is that there are 23 felonies that are listed as violent in a specific section of the California Penal Code. Now, you and I apparently have a completely different point of view than these people do. I'm assuming you agree with me. How do you like that? But, you know, the the offenses they say are violent are murder, voluntary manslaughter, mayhem, any robbery, arson, attempted murder, kidnapping, carjacking, certain carjackings, extortion, first degree burglary. The sex offenders in the definition, sex offenses in these definitions of violence include some rapes, not all rapes, really. I wonder which rapes are nonviolent to these people. Maybe, you know, you wonder if it happened to them, would they start to see rape as violent? And that is not a threat. I'm just asking this as a rhetorical question. How can any rape be nonviolent? But they say some rapes are nonviolent. Some sodomy is nonviolent. Or copulation, continuous sex abuse of a child. Continuous sex abuse of a child is possibly nonviolent. Are you kidding? And certain lewd and lascivious behaviors, among other crimes. Now, it goes on to say the issue here is the difference between felonies the legislature lists as violent and the legislature's separate list of sex offenders requiring re- uh, registration, the judge writes in his ruling. I hope this is making you as ticked off as I am. I'm trying to be Christian here in my language, but, you know, this is just when is enough is enough. I'm not against rehabilitating these people, but they have sentences. They can get rehabilitated in prison, and they should, if they committed the crime, they should serve their time. And under these circumstances, crimes that are nonviolent, again, I'm quoting this judge, due to some interpretations of law, include rape of a drugged or unconscious victim. Hello? They're considering that a nonviolent crime, including rape of a, this judge is saying, including a rape of a drugged or unconscious victim, pimping a minor, hello, that is called human trafficking, that's what I get up every day to fight, incest, 
advertising or possessing child pornography? Do you realize what that's saying? Or sexual penetration with a foreign object when the victim is incapacitated? That is just really, really crazy to me. Judge Sumner went on and added that the state prison system will have to redo their regulation on nonviolent felonies to make it consistent with what the voters had intended. He blames the CDCR, this is the Department of Corrections that came along with us, and he says he, he blames them because they adopted regulations defining the term nonviolent to exclude anyone required to register under Sex 290, regardless of their current commitment offense. CDCR's overbroad definition must thus be set aside, and he ruled for it to be set aside. So that's where we're at, folks. I hope this is clear to you. It's complicated. But in essence, you know, people... Bl- People voted for a law believing that it would have a certain intent. And then and then based on the governor's promise, you know, that it would not include these people. But then they decided to go ahead and allow it to include sex offenders. And we all wrote to the Department of Corrections and said, enough already. And the Department of Corrections agreed with us and put in there, except some Uh, sex offenses for registered sex offenders. And so now this judge has said that the Department of Corrections had no right to determine and that he has the right to overturn it. And this is where we're at. So I wanted to just kind of share with you because these many of these people pled guilty and here we are, you know, uh, there are many implications in this, let alone the this public safety aspect. You know, we are about to start all over. I don't know how law enforcement gets up and keeps going out there. If, if they have, you know, every case just takes hundreds and hundreds of hours and their life on the line. And here's all these victims whose justice is absolutely going to be negated. As that guy is out walking, maybe looking her up again because she testified against him. And so this is just as bad as it possibly can get. And I am asking you to please go to meandkids.org and hit the donate button and send us money. I, I hate doing this kind of thing, but I want to buy ads all over the state of California. I want to do social media campaigns. I want you to see the video I made. Now, it's a great sacrifice for me to make that video because I'm too old to be on camera. But darn it, I don't care what I look like anymore. We got to take this baby on. This is enough. We cannot create a cycle where we start letting all these people out because they will just simply join forces with the new people we're about to get and then at some point, law enforcement is going to go, why? Why are we doing this? Well, I wanted to share with you what they're thinking nonviolent crimes are under the sex assault-related crimes. Now, there's a whole bunch of them like hit and run, taking a hostage, a deadly weapon, assault with a deadly weapon, using force or violence upon a witness or a victim because of assistance provided to law enforcement. Hello, did you get what I just said? All those victims that testify believing they'd get him behind bars and they'd be safe, those people that are charged with that are going to get out. And guess who they're going to look up? They're going to look up somebody who put them there in the first place. And so this is just insane that we have come to this. Here we go. 
sex assault-related crimes that will be considered nonviolent, rape of a person incapable of giving legal dissent, rape of an intoxicated, uh, rape by intoxicating uh, and controlled substance, rape of an unconscious person. (laughs) I can barely read these. Sexual penetration by an intoxicating controlled substance, sexual battery by unlawful restraint, sexual battery of a disabled or medically incapacitated person, sodomy on an unconscious person, God forbid, sodomy on a person incapable of giving legal consent, sodomy, you you sodomize somebody and you are nonviolent. I mean, what kind of message are we sending to the criminal, let alone the victim, let alone law enforcement, let alone me, because I'm pissed. This is enough of this oral copulation on a person incapable of giving legal dissent. I mean, it also includes child pornography, abandonment of a child, uh, injury on a child resulting in traumatic condition, abduction of a child, sodomy with a minor under 18. I can't read any more of these. You get what I'm saying, folks? This is a pivotal point in crime fighting. And those of you who have been with me and kids for the last 10 years, and by the way, we're going to try to have some big wing ding on our 10th anniversary, which is coming up in July. We've been fighting these crimes for a long time. And I'm going to tell you just this week, I've had a hard week. You know, I I love doing this work, but I've had so many cases this week. 11-year-old kids being raped because they met up with a guy on the Internet. 16-year-old kids who think they're going to run off, you know. Uh, You know, 14-year-old kids who fall in love with Frankenstein thinking it's Justin Bieber. I mean, it has been a hard week. And all the time in the back of my mind, I think, why are we going after these guys? They're not going to get long prison sentence anyway, and they're just going to come back and prey on the victim that put them there in the first place. What is wrong with our society? We must take this on. We cannot afford to be weak. This is David and Goliath here. You know, I barely have a slingshot, but damn it, I'm going to use it. This is crazy that we are doing this because as you start to look at this thing, you know, this is a cycle of injustice. This is preying on victims and putting them in danger. This is taking away almost all the ammunition that law enforcement has to protect your children. And it's very frustrating to me because as I watch this crime, and I've been fighting this crime in the U.S. almost 10 years now, and as I watch these crimes get bigger and bigger, these gangs are getting worse and worse and worse, and it is so hard to go after them. Do you know that when we subpoena or send out a search warrant to um, social media like like Facebook, they notify the guy before they give us the stuff. So guess how much evidence gets taken away? And now we can't bring in anyone under the age of 18 and talk to them and try to get them to turn away. You know, how do you build these cases? Now, I'm not against rehabilitating these guys. I'm not. You know, if we can rehabilitate one, that's one more kid that might be saved. But they can be rehabilitated in prison. They have a sentence, and they need to serve their time. I think that it is the worst social experiment in the whole world to allow these guys out early and experiment with our children to see if they have been rehabilitated. 
that is some sort of insanity I cannot even drudge up for you. You know, we are going round and round in the most vicious, the most harmful circuit to our children of anything that's ever happened. And, you know, I'm going to tell you one more thing that really pisses me off. If I hear one more story about Donald Trump and the Russian in 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 collision, collusion, I'm going to puke. Out here in California, we are putting our most precious children on the line, our precious adults on the line, and we are taking away their justice and spitting on their experience by saying, it doesn't matter, we're going to let him out early because if the California voters wanted to exclude sex offenders, we would have said so. Well, everybody naively believed them when they said it would. And now that legislation is spitting on you. And it is time for us to get together. I don't care about all that other stuff that's going on. If we cannot unite and raise funding and get this message out, I don't know where to go for justice in the future. We must make our voices heard. This, in my opinion, is the biggest outrage of my lifetime. And all the work that we have done and all the kids that we have sat with and all the parents whose hearts are broken because their child has lost their innocence. And that bastard is going to walk free, even though he admitted doing it, even though he pled guilty, even though the court sentenced him, even though our guys went out and got him in the middle of night and risked their lives. All of that is about to be negated. I am going to ask you to go to www.millionkids.org, see that video, share that video, register your name on there so that we can send a letter to Governor Brown to take Judge Sumner off the bench and make it clear, no sex offenders to be released under Proposition 57. We're up against that break, folks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about Proposition 57 and the early release of sex offenders from prison out here. There could be as many as 10,000. Some organizations are saying there could be 20,000. We originally had said it could be 20,000, but I don't like high numbers. I don't care what we're talking about. I'm a conservative person, and I want to keep the numbers as well in line as possible. And it is um, seeming to be a general consensus that at least 10,000 people could get out. Now, that's 10,000 in one state. Okay, registered sex offenders. So I'm willing to play a game with you. What? Uh, let's say half of them turn out that you know they were just smoking a little pot and they didn't mean to molest their little sister or rape the lady down the street. And so now they, you know, have found God and they're all straightened out and they're getting rehabilitation. So half of them are okay. I'm just playing a game with you. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. You know. That still means 5,000 registered sex offenders that may not be rehabilitated. I honestly don't believe all 10,000 of these guys are just wonderful and they're walking away. Now, I'm looking at this campaign uh, when it was originally elected. And quite frankly, it passed with 64% of the vote. Uh, there it was over 8.7 million votes. Now, I'm not against the people who voted yes because – Quite frankly, as I've reviewed this and researched this, there was $11,680,000 spent to get you to vote yes. And I remember these ads. I mean, they made out like these kids, these people were just playing with kitty cats, you know. And, uh, you know, they're just uh, somebody who smoked, you know, it was like they smoke a little pot, they go to 7-Eleven, they still bubble gum, but now they've been through rehab, and now we're going to let them out. And the people in California are, for the most part, really good-hearted people. And I understand that a lot of people said, well, if they're rehabilitated and blah, 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 we might as well let them out. So I'm not against people who voted for this bill because of the fact that everyone was led to believe this was nonviolent sex offenders. And that, in fact, Governor Brown stood right there as you're getting ready to vote. Now, what this tells you for people in other countries and other states is take a look at your ballot and look at it and see if it says what they're telling you it says. You see, we've arrived in a day and age, and this is really important to me for the next generation. How do our kids ever determine what truth is? Because you can... You can see an event take place in the public, and then you watch it on Fox News, and then you watch it on CNN or MSNBC, God forbid, and you don't even recognize it to be the same event. They they get their specialists on there, and they're telling you like you're not able to, you're not smart enough to figure it out. And this is important to me because our kids 
more and more with social media, you're not going to be able to know the truth. What it tells me for those of you in other states is be very careful when you're voting because they're out there spending, in this case, $11 million to tell you what that bill says. You know, but that bill didn't say that. It it didn't say that at all, but they were able to get the majority vote because most people never look at a bill. And that is a challenge in here when you're talking about a bill that affects your kids' lives. Now, I'm going to read to you from from an article that is printed by the president of the Association of Los Angeles Deputy District Attorneys. Her name is uh, Michelle Hennessy. And I'm thinking I'm going to see if I can't get her on to be a guest with us maybe next week. But what she did is she wrote an extensive article about Proposition 57. And she's flat. Now, keep in mind, this is the Los Angeles Deputy District Attorneys Association, okay? She, She wrote an article about how Proposition 57 campaign was sold on the lie that nonviolent criminals would be released early from their lawfully imposed state prison terms. The decision on who gets the early release is now in the hands of the Board of Parole, whose release decisions show an appalling disregard of fact and reality. And she, and I'm going to share this with you. This is her work, not mine. I just want you to be aware of it. You can, um, the headline for this, if you want to Google her article, is Meet Some Prop 57 Early Release Inmates. One of them is Paul Carl Anderson. With a criminal history that begins in 1981 and included felony connection convictions for assault and theft, Anderson upped the ante in 1995 when he robbed a bank with a weapon and held a hostage being tracked down by federal marshals. The Board of Parole granted early release from the sentence imposed for his bank robbery hostage-taking because they determined he does not pose an unreasonable risk of violence to the community. Can you believe that? Here's uh, Rodney Henson. This inmate's current prison stint results from a conviction for threatening his ex-girlfriend by tossing a knife at her feet, then threatening to kill both himself and her. God, that sounds a little violent to me. Prior convictions since 2007 included possession of a firearm and residential burglary. Nonetheless, the Board of Parole found this inmate should be released early because he does not pose an unreasonable risk of violence to the community. Seriously, I'm not kidding you. Recole Mitchell was sent to prison for convictions of possessing of a loaded firearm in 2016 and threatening to kill his mother in 2015. <laughs> Threatening to kill your mother is not violent? Hmm. Despite a legal, a lengthy criminal history that begins in 2003 and included two desperate convictions, excuse me, two separate convictions for carrying a loaded firearm, the Board of Parole granted him an early release because they decided he does not pose an unreasonable risk of violence to the community. Threatening to kill your mother. Hmm. Here's Paul Silvas. Sentenced to prison in 2015 for stabbing the family dog to death. That's not violent. Silas, forgive me, I, you know. Silvis had a prior history of violence as evidenced by his 2008 conviction for assault with a firearm. 
He incurred five disciplinary actions in prison, but the Board of Parole found that Silva showed compliance with institutional rules and released him early because he does not pose an unreasonable risk of violence to the community. Do you get what we're seeing here, people? This is, in a way, it's a little bit of a complicated matter, but in a way, it's as clean and simple and straightforward as it can be. The public voted because they believed that nonviolent meant nonviolent. The public believed that sodomy was probably violent. It never occurred to the public that sodomy could be considered nonviolent. Honestly, that rape with a dead person, that rape with an object, that rape under the influence, those are nonviolent. The public, when they voted for this, I believe, never had an understanding of where this is going. But the implications of this are huge. The implications to law enforcement continuing to go after any bad guy, you know, to spend the money for prosecutors to go through it and think about the victim and their justice and their future safety. We have so much at stake here. So what do I need? Folks, please go to www.millionkids.org and give us your name because we're going to write a letter to Governor Brown and we are going to say this judge needs to be taken off the bench. And we are demanding that no sex offenders be included in Proposition 57. And if you have it within you to donate, please do. Whether it's $25, $50, if you're a corporation and you can send $1,000 or more and you're willing to walk alongside of us, I'd ask you to join us. Just go to me and kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, meandkids.org, and give us your name and donate. And the other thing that you can do for us is to share that video with everyone you know. I hope that video gets... 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 hits. I believe it's on YouTube, but it's on meandkids.org. And please go on there and share that with every, share it with your church, share it with your sorority, your women's club, your men's club, your exchange club, anything that you can share it with, please share it. I believe that our civil society is at stake. And I believe that with all my heart. There is just so much going on in this that is wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, the people being duped is one thing. But re-victimizing a victim by letting her perpetrator out of, out of prison early is beyond the pale. And then the same way, how do you ever get these cases? I mean, you're already doing things like SB 1322 where we can't, retain the girl. We can't check her her cell phone. So how do we protect her? Do you realize when you pass a law like 1322, that means that gangs are using their 17-year-old girls to perpetrate the crime. And so we are seeing a huge amount of exploitation of our young people because they make the law so it's hard to get these cases. So you know, I, I applaud our law enforcement for keeping going and prosecutors that are willing to take this on. When the Deputy District Attorneys Association is willing to stand with us and us with them, then you know this is bad. 
And I cannot think of any issue in all of history that is more important in California than standing up as we the people and saying, you are not going to dupe us again. We are going to make our voices heard. I'm going to one more time ask you to go to www. Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. We're called Million Kids because more than a million kids are trafficked around the world. And that is our name. So www.millionkids.org. Give us your name so that we can put it on the letter that we're putting together. And if you have it in you, please donate whatever you can. We are a 501c3 nonprofit public uh, organization. We have a gold star rating. We don't flander around or, or lose your money. We we put that money to work and we will use that money to buy ads, to make statements, to get people to sign this document, to help people understand what happened so that we never ever as a society go through this again. This bill puts every child in danger and quite frankly, several adults, because in many of these cases, the mothers were violated, there was domestic violence, and they protected their children. So to let these people out is an absolute outrage. So www.meandkids.org, I have never needed anybody in my life like I need you guys. We cannot do this alone. We're a little organization, but we are mighty and we're accountable, and we are going to be heard on this subject. I, for 10 years, have been getting up every day of my life and learning about this and educating law enforcement and educating moms and dads and educating school officials so we can get kids to report and keep our kids safe. But if we're going to let their perpetrators right back out on the street, we are doing our children the greatest disservice in all of history. Join with me, folks, www.millionkids.org. This is Opal Singleton. If you want to contact me, write me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. We come to you every Thursday morning. Please share this show. Share that video on our website. I want you to know how much you mean to me and all the people that have donated. You know, I, I, I live and breathe this job since I lost my husband, and I lived and breathed it before I lost him, but... This, we are in the fight of our lives for our kids' soul, and I need you. Thanks for listening, folks. Join with us next week, and if you can, go to www.meandkids.org. Give me your name and donate. We'll see you next Thursday, 7 a.m. California time. Have a great week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.